whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. Listeners to this podcast will be familiar with Douglas J. Cohen from his work on the musical No Way to Treat a Lady. Go all the way back in our archive to find the episode with Doug Wilder. Doug has a new musical out with co-author Dan Ellish called The Evolution of Man, based on Ellish's novel Nine Wives, about Henry Mann, played by Max Crum, who is a struggling 32-year-old single writer still reeling over the unexpected breakup with his fiancée. When he's invited to her wedding, he goes into a tailspin and tries to find the perfect date, but really the perfect wife to take to the wedding, much to the chagrin of his best friend and roommate Gwen, played by Leslie Hyatt. All the other women and all the women he goes on dates with and Max's mother are played by Allie Trim. The show opened at The Cell in New York in October of 2018, and the cast album has just come out. Dan and Doug were gracious enough to do a phone interview with me to talk just about the cast album and a little bit more about the show, which you'll hear in a second. But I also wanted to let you know that patrons of this podcast can download a free MP3 from the recording of the song What's the Matter with Henry? The MP3 is available to all Patreon patrons on my Patreon page right now. So go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod to become a patron and to download your free MP3 from the cast album of The Evolution of Man, What's the Matter with Henry? A quick note, this was a phone interview with Dan and Doug as they're in New York and I'm in D.C., but I did my best to make the audio quality what you expect from this podcast. We joined the conversation right at the beginning. It's like right at the top, right right at the beginning of the phone call. That's when we, we get started right now. I am here with uh, composer, lyricist Douglas J. Cohen. Hey, Doug. Hey, how are you doing, Patrick? Good. And librettist, book, uh, books and lyrics, uh, Dan Ellish. Hey, how are you? Thanks Good. For how are you guys? Us. Thanks for oh. thanks for being had. Um, so, <laughs> so listeners to this podcast will remember uh, Doug as uh, we talked once with uh, um, we talked once about your show. Uh, no, no way to treat a lady. So this is quite a thrill for me to have someone who's a composer we've discussed once already on the show. Um, and I was thrilled that you reached out to talk about Evolution of Man and gave me a chance to listen to it. Uh, so we could talk about it today. But I wanted to start with Dan, actually, because, Dan, this is based on your novel, Nine Wives. Yes, that's right. So I wanted to ask, maybe this is a question for both of you, but I'll start with Dan. What about the novel uh, made you think it should sing? That's a good question. I um, I always thought that um, the book, kind of focused on this kind of unique I felt kind of uh, male character meaning he's like a real hopeless romantic like a really a nice guy who just really wants to be in a relationship and is kind of lost in a fantasy world and I had um, it just felt like that kind of character sung to me and um, I also felt there was a conceit in the book he has nine different wives or women that he fantasizes about and i thought that would be really fun conceit to have all those um women played by one actress and that just seemed really theatrical to me so that's how the idea began to take shape and then i suggested it to doug (laughs) and and having one woman play all those roles kind of uh resonated for me having worked on no way to true lady for so many years right which uses the same sort of 
one of the, a similar technique with the, the yeah victims. for the mothers yeah exactly. the mothers yeah to being um being all played by by one actress it's it's one of the things that uh attracted me the most to it when you when I first got the description of it uh that it's only three actors and um the 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 uh the the sort of tour de force performance <laughs> that comes across in the recording uh, I'm of, glad that of, does. Yes, she was quite tremendous. Yeah, yeah, she was great. It, it, it's something I love. I, I write in my own stuff all the time, and I'm always fascinated with people who can do it so well. Can can really differentiate characters. And she's playing. Is it ten, including the mother, or how many characters does she play in the in the musical? Well, um, that's one thing about the writing process, and in, in terms of writing the show. Um, we didn't really have room for all the nine wives that oh, were okay. in the book, so some of them were cut. So um, uh, she still plays quite a few people. She plays like uh, you know five, six, seven people. I'd have to count it up, but sure. not, not and even people down. that you won't even hear on the recording because she'll do she's this epic voiceover as uh, this woman at a folk bar. Uh, who announces, uh, actually announces herself, uh, but as a different character. And she also does an obscene phone caller, which isn't on the recording. But, um, oh, wow. yeah, she's just so versatile. It, um, you'll get a good uh, percentage of these women on mm-hmm. the CD. Right. Yeah, you certainly do, especially in the song that, uh, for uh, I'll just tell everybody now, if you're a Patreon patron of this podcast, there is a, a MP3 available for download on the Patreon page. Uh, of a of a song from the album, um, and it is uh, "What's the Matter with Henry," which I'll play a quick right. clip of here now. <laughs> oh my God, Henry! What did you do to yourself? Shut up! I've never looked hotter. Henry? Oh, hi, Christine. Oh, how good to see you. And listen, even though it was only one date, I realize now that protocol says I probably owed you a face-to-face breakup, and I really blew that one. I'm so I'm sorry about that. You have a good heart, Christine. I mean, a great heart with awesome ventricles. But you see, I met someone else, and I'm rocking this cool new look. Okay then. God, I'm glad we talked. What's the matter with Henry? Is he in love or just out of step? is obscene. He's a cross between my Aunt Martha and Johnny Depp. I should have known that a guy like him would be slim on class. And by the way, Henry, that Xerox was my ass. I knew it. God, you're beautiful. Thank you. What's the matter with Henry? Is it wrong that I refuse to feel contrite? Something's the matter with... There's nothing the matter with Henry. For once everything feels right Wherever I look, I see tomorrow No longer a snook, who am I tomorrow? Hell, I'll even cook all for a lady named tomorrow. So, so Doug, when you became involved, what uh, what drew you to the to the project and thought Dan was on to something here? Well, I have to say, one of the things that really drew me was Dan. You know, I, I've known Dan for the better part of my life. Um, we, we first met uh, back in the, what, like 83, 1983? Yeah. We were, we were both working at Lincoln Center. Um, I was an administrative assistant, and um, he was working in the mailroom for a summer, as a summer job. And uh, uh, <laughs> I was tell the story of how I actually decided to strike up a conversation with Dan because I heard someone in the mailroom singing, something was missing from Annie, uh, which, which is not something you really hear in the mailroom. <laughs> yeah. and, and if you're going to hear a ballad from Annie, 
it's probably going to be maybe. Okay, right. That's tomorrow. what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Because not something was missing. <laughs> yeah. So wow, this guy has good taste in Charles Strauss. I'll tell you that. Right. So, so automatically, you know that <laughs> we, we became fast friends. Um, so I just always really responded to Dan. Uh, he's a very creative guy. Um, I'm familiar with his books, and he's written a lot of novels, a lot of young adult, but a lot of uh, just he's just got a big love for that mm-hmm. there. And um, and he also did Thirteen, right? Which I saw, and I thought his work was terrific, and, and Jason Robert Brown's score was wonderful. Um, and so uh, we just always kind of flirted with the idea of working together, and then finally, I think you asked me after you heard the gig in concert or something yeah to just throw some praise on doug i am always just a huge fan of doug as a person and a writer and um it's hard to pick but i think favorite show of doug's i love no way to treat a lady a lot i'm huge fan of the gig and uh doug had a cast album of the gig out and i went to a party celebrating it and i like heard the music again and i was like wow, Doug is so talented, I should ask him to work with me on nine lives. Mm. And that was kind of my thought process right there. And I forget when I approached him, but I guess soon after that. Yeah, and and I was going through a rough patch. Um, might as well be very open with your listeners. Um, I worked on a musical, um, The Opposite of Sex, right. the better part of a decade. And we were coming to New York. Uh, we had commercial producers. We had um, the... the uh, theaters on New World stages and uh, at the very last second um, we lost the rights so it was devastating oh my. and uh, I don't think I did any writing for a year and a half mm-hmm. and then Dan approached me and I thought well First of all, I said to him, do you have the rights? <laughs> <laughs> and are you sure you have the rights? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I thought this could be very restorative. And, um, you know, because I'm so fond of Dan, and, 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 and it really was so easy. I mean, he's highly motivated. So, you know, he, he's not one of these people that just sits idly by and just waits for someone to make the first move. He, he writes a draft of, of a lyric and puts it in front of me and I started writing music and then started refining or whatever. And it just felt like a really easy collaboration. And I have to say that, um, it's funny. I thought of it as almost like my rebound musical Mm -hmm. because I, I was going through so much trauma with the other, but then it became something so, so much more. And I really like, I'm so delighted that we did this show and, and really happy to, have a permanent record of it mm-hmm. so that other people can hear the work and can make their own decisions. But I'm quite proud of, of what we've done. It sounds like you were kind of almost in a way going through what the story of the show is uh, to to a greater or lesser extent of a character who has been through a breakup and then a series of, of weddings, which I really did appreciate, Dan, that it wasn't just the breakup but the weddings that were kind of the problem. And then... Um, <laughs> And then decides to to rebound and then ends up, instead of just rebounding, but of course he's digging in for, for a marriage, finding someone who maybe can be his his person at the end of the show and take a real chance, not just a fantasy chance. So that's an interesting parallel. Yeah, I like that parallel. On the, on the journey yourself through the, through the show. Um, 
Well, so the production itself, though, is is it was a seemed like it was a, a, a I wish I could have gotten up to see it, 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 but it was the it was it was quite well received with uh, with Max Crum in the in the lead role, and as we said, uh, Ali Trim playing all the other women, and Leslie Hyatt playing the right. roommate, um, and it uh, the the album sounds great, which which I will I will say is is, is something I I haven't. Modern production cast albums have kind of bothered me. They feel kind of sterile a lot of the time. Like all the music's recorded separately, and then the vocalists come in later, and they're mixed a certain way to make it kind of perfect. And I really liked that this felt like you guys were all in the room singing the show, and it felt very alive. It feels very present. This album, it doesn't um, feel. I'm sterile. glad that came through. Yeah, because we actually there were only two tracks that uh, we pre-recorded the music on, and um, mm. it's one of those scores that's very hard because you really want to get the timing right. Mm -hmm. And if you pre-record, something doesn't feel as organic and natural. So mm -hmm. we really fought for that, and um, it was really hard to get this this whole um, album onto uh, a disc in the amount of time that we had because of that process. And we made it just in time because after a certain number of hours, you lose your musicians, you lose your cast. Right. But we we made it just in the nick of time so that we could hopefully preserve that feeling of spontaneity. Well, it certainly comes through. I mean, it, it feels very. And I will say that since you brought up Jason Robert Brown, I'll, I'll say that the other thing this sounds like to me a little bit, and maybe it's in the orchestration. It has a very last five years vibe. But if last five years was was a comedy and not you know, huh. a, a drama. Oh, that's so cool. Because I love it, that. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot <laughs> yeah, of... I love that. Yeah, yeah. I never would have thought of it that way. But it, because like, it's, you know, it's piano yeah. and strings primarily and, um, you know, men and women duets uh, when it is d duets. And But it, it, it just has a... the that sort of happier musical comedy vibe to it, which is much more appropriate with the story. But I wanted to ask Dan about uh, the character of, of Henry. Um, mm hmm he is, as you say, not a traditional leading man role in the sense that he is out looking for a wife in a very aggressive. I mean, if you think that in in uh, in this TV show, How I Met Your Mother, if you took Ted and kind of dialed him up, that he was actively in, in a rich fantasy world about his, <laughs> yeah. his wedding and uh, and his yeah, in his life, he he is. I mean, the song two songs in, we have She's My Wife, which is just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes yeah, on a journey yeah. through a whole relationship. She's my wife, a country house I'll build for her. Well, supervising, what a life. First I'll ravish her and then regrout the tub. So I squander time in dating with a justice of the peace offstage waiting. Why delay the children we could be creating? She's my wife, my beautiful wife. Did you, did you come up with his problem first and then create Henry Mann, or did you have this idea for his kind of quirks and then go backwards and go, oh, he's obsessed with getting married? Um, it's kind of a little bit. I mean, people who read the book, this is based on Nine Wives, mm -hmm think the character is like based on me directly it's kind of like uh not completely me but they're definite elements i mean i got married um kind of late when i was uh 40 and i was at this stage in my 30s of just feeling like you know 
I really want this to happen. And I feel like um, it just seemed funny to exaggerate it um, that there's this single guy who like sort of desperately wants to find the one and is like, you know, uh, fantasizing it in this over romantic way. So that's kind of where it came from. And I tried to, the more you heighten it, the more like humorous it gets. Um, So that was the goal in the book and in the show. And yeah, you bring up one of my favorite numbers is the she's my wife. And that's where he's on a date and he just keeps fantasizing about how he's going to marry this person that he's just met. And um, I think a lot of guys, but aggressively fantasizing and women do that actually to a certain extent, though they may not admit it. So I think that's why I would get a lot of laughs, but it's the aggressiveness and the specificity that I really enjoyed that the, it isn't just sort of grand. None of his fantasies are just sort of grand traditional fantasies in that sense he gets very specific about what yeah. people are wearing and how this the weather is yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. very very specific. so specific that the even, here in nepal yeah yeah he's, he's very it's so specific it's i mean it's too specific and but what makes this the specificity it breeds comedy which is fantastic but it also helps the inform the character greatly to me that he he know like he he thinks he knows what he wants and you kind of understand how he gets carried away with it because he is a writer. He has a rich imagination. And one thing I appreciated uh, in, in the characterization was that you get the sense very early that he is a good writer, that he's not sort of just a fantasist and thinks he's a writer. We've all seen that character, and that character can be funny in its own way. But that with the song um, about the otter, that he, uh, the tale of the otter, he you really get a sense that he's, oh, he's good with language. He's, it's a funny story. There once was an otter named Benjamin Potter who had quite a crush on the zookeeper's daughter. The zookeeper's daughter walked by the water each morning at 10 with a millionaire yachter. Oh God, this so sucks. No, it's cute. The millionaire yachter John Witherspoon caught it, spotted the otter, admiring the daughter. Then Witherspoon caught her, got hotter and hotter, and aimed a small rock at the dewy-eyed otter. (laughs) But he has this other thing, whatever it is, this insecurity that holds him back and causes him all kinds of issues. (laughs) And And sometimes he doesn't know what his greatest strengths are. You Mm -hmm. know, he probably... Uh, would have been better just pursuing uh, the children's poems, as mm. you point out with the daughter song. Uh, but he, you know, happens to be a bit of a dabbler. And because he also is uh, toying around with this musical version of The Great Gatsby, uh, which probably is one of those college projects that should have just remained a college project, you know. Right. <laughs> but uh, his current girlfriend, Tamar, is so encouraging of him to go the commercial route with it that I think, and she kind of perverts it. You know, she she has her own take on the material, and he loses his way. He loses his way creatively, he loses his way romantically, emotionally. Um, but I'm glad that the Otter song came across as this guy has talent, because that was very important to us, that we didn't want him to come across as someone who was talentless, and so that the audience could actually, um, you know, pretty much... Um, uh, immerse themselves in this character and feel that he was worth that investment. 
Yeah, it, it, it clearly does. I, I think that it is a... What I liked about Henry was his his insecurity felt very genuine. Like, he was... He's, I think he's talented, but you never know. Like, when you're doing it, as you guys all know, when you're making the thing, like, you think it's good, but yeah. we've all created something and shown it to a, a, either one person or an audience and found out, oh, that wasn't good. Never mind. I, oops, yeah. I got that one wrong. Well, I'll do better next time. Yeah, but that's it is a wonderful feeling. It is. Oh, it's great. Isn't it the best? It's the, we yeah. that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. It's it doesn't. Worst. And I think that, well, but the thing that gets lost sometimes with, with, with people who are creative is that everyone goes through that. There isn't a creative person in the world who hasn't had put something out there and had it completely fall on its face. And you sort of, it, it's all in how you respond to that. And what's great about the journey of Henry is that he, he keeps responding kind of incorrectly until he responds correctly. You know, he, he learns mm-hmm. that this sort of, oh, I like praise, I want praise, and Tamar gives him unconditional praise but it's sort of twisted with her own view of things and i, I mean the line i love so much yeah. and i keep playing in my head is during what's the matter with henry where he says shut up i've never looked hotter or i've never looked i can't exactly remember what it is but if yeah. you can tell yeah. he's just repeating what she said <laughs> and he just has to yeah. like <laughs> exactly <laughs> and no, has to, no, that's... yeah it's so great, and it's such a great example of what we do uh, in bad relationships, I think, which is lose ourselves. That's one thing that can always happen, is you lose who you are to get the praise of the person you, you know, who theoretically likes you. <laughs> it's almost like a bad relationship is like a cult, you know, you just kind oh, of sure. get so hoodwinked by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the uh, as we wrap up here a little bit, the uh, the show is the evolution of man. The album is out now at all major retailers, and um, I assume actually I should say that that is you can find it on on. Uh, is there a best place to buy it for you? This is oh, okay. This is a good question. I mean, let me I'll edit that out. Let me start this over again. The show is the evolution of man. The album's out now. What's the best place for people to find it for you guys? We have this whole with all the ways you can ab- absorb media these days i want to make sure that our audience knows that if they want to support work like this there's a specific best place to buy it from would you guys have a a suggestion on that that's a good question i mean i don't know enough about streaming etc to answer that but i know that itunes it's it Mm -hmm. probably benefits us as writers a little bit more Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh than other streaming services that it may be free um so i'm always in favor of that but uh, any way that you can hear it and enjoy it, I would uh, encourage you to do so. I know it's going to be on Apple Music and Tidal and um, Spotify. And Spotify. I'm okay. hoping also Amazon because I just like the idea of going on Amazon and seeing it there. You know? Sure. That's comforting. Sure. <laughs> and there will be a physical you CD. Buy, you can buy the physical CD too. If that, if great. It, yeah. That's mm-hmm. coming out a little bit later, but that, that will be out. And it's a great booklet and it's. A it is, yeah. Case, it's you know, very it's, nicely it really designed. Is. Yeah, I greatly appreciated how well designed the book was. That that does get lost these days a little bit. We, I do want to credit Brian Rieger for that because sure. um, he was our assistant director, and um, wow, this is a brilliant guy <laughs> who is not only great at designing booklets, but made so many great dramaturgs. Two, yeah. two excellent suggestions in the course of this piece uh, of developing it at the Cell Theater. Uh, with Kira Simring and Joe Barros. And uh, that was a, an exceptionally good experience for us. And uh, just when you thought, you know, the, the piece had grown where it was supposed to go, they opened other, you know, 
ways of, of uh, looking at it and perspectives and and it just uh, I think became appreciably richer as a result so I do want to credit all three of them and especially Brian with the with the uh, CD booklet oh great and you'll get a great sense of what the design of the show was like which was quite unique I don't think I've seen anything like it in New York. Have you, Dan? And I see a lot of theater, but I have to say that it was so interestingly conceived. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looked beautiful. They did a great job. And it was on kind of a three-quarter thrust. Was that the stage design? Exactly. The mm-hmm. But they use different levels too. There's a, there's a, it's a, it's a townhouse. The theater is a townhouse, and uh, it's a brownstone, you know. And and they have the second floor that kind of is like a balcony, so they could use that. Um, what you won't see is that Allie Trim made her transformations in three seconds. I mean, and it would be a different outfit. And it was, I'm not sure how they did it. I know at Dreamgirls, they had people stationed backstage, like five, you know, dressers. Here, they, I think we had a half a dresser. You know, like she was, <laughs> she was sometimes there and sometimes not there. But it was quite amazing to see that evolution take place. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, the magic of the the quick. But that, there's always things that you can't get on the album, obviously, even if you're taking right. pictures. And those yeah, are the, yeah, that's, that's why you got to go see the show. That's why you got to go to live theater. It's the you know, that's what's important. Um, thank you guys very much for doing this. Oh, that's uh, great. Thank uh, you. Oh, thank you so much. Patrick. Wonderful to talk to. Wonderful. No, thank you very much. Yeah, wonderful to talk to you guys, Doug. It's been great getting to know you online and having you follow the show and having me follow you. And uh, oh, I'm proud to be a patron. Great. <laughs> thank you guys so much. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Douglas J. Cohen and Dan Ellis for talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have a